Good Saturday morning. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I'm Jason Kong, and good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Jason. Are you uh, are you a fall man, Bill? I love it. I, I mean, you know, it's nice to see the, the weather get a little bit cooler, and of course, this is probably the peak weekend to go to the mountains and see the leaves. Um, I, I probably will get there after the leaves fall off. Uh, but <laughs> a, week too, a week too late. That's my luck. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I guess uh, this weekend and maybe next will be uh, some of the prettiest times up in the mountains. Of course, our fall is going to be beautiful here too. You know, that's sure. one of the nice things about living in North Carolina. Uh, we have beautiful fall weather right here we so, certainly do and yeah. I, i've been enjoying the temperatures this week and we'll, we'll see if they persist there's always a little bit of wackiness yes. with north yeah, carolina weather and i'm sure a lot of folks have enjoyed the state fair and as it uh, goes on this weekend too yep you got a uh, rest of today and tomorrow to get out to the fair if you haven't gone already. Well, Bill, let's get to uh, the main topic at hand. And, uh, you know, if you pay attention to the news right now, you really can't escape this, but the discussion of tax reform. Well, and, and I, I don't want to get into the politics of it because that's not really fair. Um, but uh, ta- tax reform, just like health care reform, are big issues. And it affects everybody. That's right. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, an independent. doesn't matter whether you uh, like President Trump, don't like President Trump, or or I guess there are a few folks in between. Uh, <laughs> but I'd like to but, find those people. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not many of them. Yeah. But but the bottom line is is that there uh, has been a, a lot of discussion um, ab- about tax reform. And of course, you would think with a Republican president, Republican Senate, Republican House, that it wouldn't be that hard. But the fact of the matter is tax reform is really, really hard for to get it done uh, be, be simply because it uh, affects everyone. It affects everyone. But here's the thing about any important public policy for every winner there's a loser that's right For every loser there's a winner mm-hmm. uh and in tax reform in particular there will if and assuming that they get a tax package through there will be some significant um changes in tax law we haven't i mean we've had minor changes we have minor changes every year tax code changes every year because congress just cannot keep itself from tinkering with the tax code um and there are winners and losers in little ways but this this time there will probably be winners and losers in big ways and so quite frankly this is a a time when people, no matter what your political persuasion, should be listening and uh, recognizing whether it's going to help you or hurt you and potentially contact legislators, your congressmen, your senators particularly, uh, and let them know what you think. Now, most of us believe that they ignore us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they do what they want to do, which I think is about 75% accurate. <laughs> but at least we can tell them what we think uh, as it goes. Now, so what 
What are some of the things that are being proposed and are likely uh, to be part of this package? Um, well, uh, part of it is to raise the standard deduction. Okay, so what, what does that do? Uh, it basically means that there are um, a lot of folks at the bottom of the ladder who um, may not have to pay tax. Now, there's already a bunch of folks that have to pay no tax at all, particularly among seniors, or they pay very, very little. Okay, uh, this will expand that group slightly. In, in other words, because in a, now, what's the negative? You know, who loses in terms of that? What they're talking about is taking away most of the itemized deductions. So for a lot of middle-class folks, there are a lot of itemized deductions. Uh, there's some big ones. Now, some are on the t I think, truthfully, all itemized deductions are on the table or on the chopping block. So what are some of the big ones? The biggest one is probably the home interest or home mortgage interest deduction. Mm -hmm. That's a big deduction for homeowners, okay, or anyone who um, – so that, that – um, so for middle-class folks, uh, if they take away their uh, a fairly large um, itemized deduction in terms of their mortgage interest and give them a little bit larger standard deduction, they're going to pay more tax. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in essence, now I, I can assure you that the uh, real estate lobby in Washington is working very hard so that that particular deduction is uh, not lost, but it's on the table to be chopped, <laughs> okay? You have other deductions, uh, itemized deductions, like charitable deductions. Well, that could have a significant impact on every charity in the United States. Now, some people, in fact, most people uh, have a big heart, and they give because they want to give, but there's an awful lot of money that's given uh, probably the majority of money is given because people realize that they're going to get uh, a tax deduction for the gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes the gift so much easier, and it makes the gift a lot larger in some cases. That's <laughs> <laughs> so nice for the charities. Those are our, our two. Now, on the other side of the scale, for those folks who are in the very highest tax bracket, this tax reform bill, I mean, you have to realize that this is sort of the mantra uh, for Republicans, reduce, reduce taxes, uh, is, is to uh, lower the highest tax rate uh, paid uh, by Americans. So what is that rate right now? The, the highest tax rate is 39.6% for income. And, of course, uh, that... Um, and they're talking about lowering that to 35%. Well, truthfully, uh, if you're in that highest tax bracket, that would be huge. Uh, uh, I mean, in essence, you'll pay a whole lot less uh, tax as, as it relates um, to that. Be now, it, you, um, I can't think of the exact amount, but you have to be earning 
in the neighborhood of $430,000 a year or more. I'm <laughs> only be, at 420, <laughs> so I'm, I'm good. To be in the highest tax bracket. Um, and, and so uh, the bottom line is, is that um, we're talking about a very small percentage of Americans who pay a, a, a good bit of tax, mm-hmm. but obviously that won't hurt the Trump family any. Right. And, uh, of course, uh, there's some question as to whether he pays any income tax anyway, but, but uh, that's a different issue. But certainly his fam- some of his family members pay the highest rate. And there are an awful lot of other um, very, very wealthy families that are at the highest tax rate. So now, so the big winners in th- these tax proposals, the very biggest winners would be the uh, people at the highest tax bracket. And also he's talking about lowering the corporate tax rate. So big corporations would be a big winner uh, in in this tax proposal. Now, this may sound strange because he's basically saying that this is going to be good for everybody and that it's going to be good for the low end as well. Actually, they're talking about raising the lowest tax rate. Mm. (laughs) So for those who do pay federal tax, the lowest rate is 10%. They're talking about raising the lowest rate to 12%. So while they're talking about lowering the high tax rate from 39.6 to 35, they're talking about raising the lowest rate from 10% to 12%. So for those unlucky folks where the standard deduction does not take them out of paying tax, they will actually pay more tax because of the increase in the um, in the lowest tax rate. So... It works a lot of different ways, um, and so I'm not saying it's good or bad. I mean, there's some good things in it uh, for a lot of folks. There's some bad things in it for a lot of folks. So that's the thing about policy. It affects everybody, and it affects uh, everyone um, either positively or negatively, but it's not – just, I mean, that's the whole purpose. I mean, in, in terms of what are they trying to do? That Well, Congress is trying to help a certain group of people. Uh, and But here's, here's the biggest thing about, the, at least the way I look at Congress. Are they truly going to spend less money? And the answer to date has always been no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, they're still going to spend just as much money. And um, so r- here's the bottom line. No matter how they adjust taxes, they still have to collect the same amount of tax or more. All right. right? And, uh, you, you know, it's um, – so the bottom line is that's that makes it really easy to understand that if you cut somebody's tax over here – you have to raise taxes on somebody else. And guess who loses in almost every one of these cases? It's pretty simple math. Mm-hmm. Who, who do you think loses? I'd say people on the lower or middle end. It's the middle class. Yeah. In other words, if you're going to do something, because it's the middle class that pays the majority of tax. Now, right. if if so, if you, if you help some of the folks on the low end, you help some of the folks on the high end, Guess who makes up the difference? Folks in the middle. Folks in the middle. Yeah. That's exactly right. So 
That and and see, more mortgage interest is one of those things that is a big thing for the middle class. It helps the middle class purchase homes. Um, you know, which is an American ideal. It's mm-hmm. something that I talk about all the time is the fact that one of the most important things for folks to be able to uh, go into retirement in a, um, a good way is to have a home and to have it paid for when they reach retirement. You know, obviously that takes long-range planning and some luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... But obviously, owning your home is something that helps. Well, obviously, if they take away the mortgage deduction, it'll be that much harder for folks to have enough money to purchase a home. So again, if they do it, then that means you might still be able to buy a home, but it's going to be a smaller home. You're going to have to lower your expectations on what, what you can afford. Yeah. Also so. might impact the people who recently bought a home and who may have been counting on that deduction for oh, yeah. years to come. That it may... could be a real screw job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll have to keep an eye on that and see what happens. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong. And Bill, we uh, uh, are going to shift gears a little bit here and we're going to focus our attention on uh, a, a group that you talk about a lot uh, with your seminars that are uh, at the second Wednesday of every month. But uh, we're going to shift our focus over to the veterans and some VA benefits. Well, it, and and quite frankly, it it does tie into tax reform because you know it's the kind of thing where there are some areas that legitimately need more money, mm-hmm. and our veterans, it, it it's one of those areas. Uh, the the Congress has always been good at puffing about how we need to support our veterans and that sort of thing. But then they don't really put their money into it to uh, really help veterans. And the VA is, um, you know, not known as uh, the most wonderful agency in terms of uh, taking care of our veterans. They can make it very difficult on veterans uh, in terms of getting the help that they need. Um, and and so um, you have to understand that the VA is a huge, monstrous bureaucracy to begin with. So there's a lot of money that goes there, but the you know the VA does run the largest healthcare system in the world by far. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so uh, obviously now most veterans are not entitled to uh, service from the VA medical uh, side. In other words, the VA. It's called the VHA. It's the hospital and health side. And most veterans don't get that. You know, the folks who do get uh, veterans' help are typically veterans uh, who uh, were disabled uh, during their service year or they were wounded, you know, their Purple Heart, or they were prisoners of war, mm-hmm. or um, – uh, or, or it may be that that they uh, receive what's called a VA pension, which we talk about a lot in our seminars. So, but uh, but the fact of the matter is, is while there are certain 
uh, VA health providers that are wonderful and do a great job, then there are others that really don't, and there are others that are substandard. Um, you know, we have a big difference in some of the different facilities across the state of North Carolina. While in the in this area, RTP, we're very fortunate. We have some of the best health care provided anywhere in the world by the VA. So we're fortunate, but then there are other places in North Carolina where they're not as fortunate. So the bottom line is, is that the only way to improve care uh, and to improve benefits for uh, the folks who basically keep us free or those who've sacrificed to keep us free is to put more money there. Mm-hmm. Um, on the benefit side, of the VA, people might be surprised to know that it's very difficult for veterans to receive benefits when they apply for them. Uh, the, the joke among veterans is that the VA is Mr. No. In other words, you apply and they tell you no and you have to appeal and then you appeal again before you actually can uh, be approved. And sometimes that's true even when your claim is very straightforward, and the law says you're supposed to receive that benefit. Oftentimes, they'll tell you no just to see if you appeal and come back before they actually approve the benefit. So it can be pretty tricky. And the benefit that we talk about so much has to do with long-term care. And even though it's called a pension, it's not a pension. It's a reimbursement for money that you've paid out for long-term care. Now, you have to be a war period veteran for this benefit uh, to even apply to you or your family. Um, But if if a – and most of us have loved ones. Uh, If it's not our immediate family, it might be an uncle, it might be an aunt, it might uh, be a neighbor, might be somebody we know at church. But the bottom line is is that – uh, there, there are an awful lot of, of people who served in our military during war periods. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, the great majority uh, for us right now among seniors and almost seniors um, are folks who served in the Korean War and in Vietnam. Uh, there's still a few World War II veterans out there. Uh, the, the desert veterans aren't old enough for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> But um, uh, for those who have long-term care issues, the VA pension is an extremely important benefit. So the the first thing is it requires a veteran to have served during a period of war, um, and it applies to the veteran, and it can apply, if you understand how the rules work, to the veteran's spouse, and it also applies to the veteran's widow. Mm. So a lot of folks don't realize that there is a potential benefit even after the veteran dies uh, for the surviving spouse of the, of the veteran. Now, that, that's assuming that they were married and, and living together at the time the veteran died and that the, that the widow does not remarry. And it, or it could be a widower because there are a lot of, uh, uh, there are a lot of ladies who have served in the military at this point. And it's um, so... It's not infrequent to have both a husband and wife to have served uh, in the military together. Um, So uh, military service during a period of war is the first criteria. 
Um, then what a lot of folks don't realize is that there's a very complicated asset test and income test. It's a means-tested program. But so many people go to the VA for their advice in terms of we want, we've heard about this benefit. Are we eligible for it? And typically, they're just simply told, no, you're not eligible. Go away. Sometimes they make applications and the applications are denied. But the bottom line is it's because they don't, they're not being told the whole story. It's the Paul Harvey thing where they're only getting half the story and they're not getting uh, the rest of the story. Uh, you know, if Paul Harvey were doing it, he'd make sure instead of saying you're not eligible now, but if you do this, 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 and this, you could be eligible and then that's the time to apply. But that's not what happens. Typically, they're just saying, no, you have too much income. No, you have too many assets. Go away. You, you, you're not eligible. And what a lot of folks think is that means they will never be eligible. And that's just not the way it works. Um, it, you know, So it's the kind of thing, but the most complicated part of the test is what's called IVAP, Income for VA Purposes. And you almost have to be a lawyer to understand that concept. But at least in my experience, uh, uh, families typically cannot receive it unless uh, receive the VA pension benefit unless they have some good professional help particularly if they're doing what most people are trying to do and that's to stay at home um, and it's and it's all because of the way they look at the income test and and this is true even if you meet the asset test now why is I'm going to simplify the rule for folks, and and here it is, and this is why most people don't uh, don't get it. Well, I'll just ask you this, Jason: If your parents had, let's say that mom and dad both have Social Security, they have a little other income, and let's say that income is um, twenty five hundred dollars a month. Okay, not okay. bad. Um, do your parents have expenses? Um, of course. Everybody has yeah. expenses. Got to okay. eat. Okay. Is it, is it difficult for them to live in retirement on a fixed income? Uh, it's, yes. Okay. Yes. That's true for almost everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not true for you, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the bottom line is, uh, if they have $2,500 a month to live on, how much do you think of that is left at the end of the month after they've paid all their bills? Oh, boy. Um, maybe 500 bucks or so? No, 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 no. Bottom line is, for most families, every penny is gone. Wow. In fact, a lot of folks have to dip into their savings mm. to supplement their income because their income is not enough. That's why savings is, uh, is so important for your retirement years so that you have a nest egg that you can dip into because your income is not enough. Now, truthfully, and I've said this lots of times before, you know, this 
issue with income not being enough is going to get worse and worse as we go forward because they're, they're, the majority of people in this country, all of their income is Social Security, which was never designed to be 100% of retirement needs. But for many Americans, it is all they have, you know, because an awful lot of folks have no savings at all. All right, so getting back to VA pension, here's the way the VA pension works. And it's a household test. In other words, it's not just the veteran's income. It's the veteran's income and the spouse's income. So it's their combined income. In order to receive the maximum VA pension, which is not that much to begin with, but it does help, and we can talk about that, um, you have to spend every penny. Actually, you have to spend more than all of your combined income on long-term care expenses. Now, they don't say it that way. That's why it's so confusing. Mm -hmm. But to receive VA pension reimbursements, which is a reimbursement, not a pension, it is um, what they call it uh, is spending on uh, recurring unreimbursed medical expenses. Well, that's a fancy way of saying, okay, how much do you spend on your medical insurance? How much do you spend on Medicare? How much do you spend on supplemental insurance if you have it? And how much are you paying for folks to come in to, to help take care of you? That's the long-term care part of it, mm-hmm. which is by far the majority. Well, if, you're, if your parents are spending twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight hundred dollars a month taking care of all of their needs and, and I think you can think of what those needs might be. Part of it is insurance, food, uh, utilities, taxes, um, uh, it, drugs, you know, medical co-pays and deductibles. Um, which obviously when you get older tend to be higher. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's assuming that you own your home outright, right? Because if you're paying rent or a mortgage, that takes a large percentage of it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay. And then you might have a car payment. Uh, you might be leasing a car. If, you know, it's the kind of thing where it just goes on and on and on. So the bottom line is, if you've got $2,800 in expenses, are you willing to spend $2,550 a month on paying someone to take care of you? It doesn't happen. Right. And that's why, that's why they're denied when they apply because they don't understand how the rules work. Now, with help... There are ways that you can basically work that out to um, make sure that you pass the income test. But the the point of the, of it is is that the VA is not going to help you get there because the you know they're just looking at their budget and how can we work within our budget. And the way they work within your budget is to deny your claim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. That it's the sad truth uh, of how the system works. And um, so the bottom line now, there are others who will pass the income test easily. And those are folks who generally are paying for facility care. In other words, you have one of your loved ones in assisted living or nursing care already, and you're privately paying for it. Mm-hmm. Well, 
you know, because those costs are so expensive, guess what? You're going to pass the income test, right. and that's when you're going to fail the asset test <laughs> because you wouldn't be privately paying for that care unless you had some assets to back up your private pay. So you have to understand how to deal with your assets in order to pass both the VA's asset test and the VA income test. And if you want to think to yourself, well, that's really tricky stuff, it is. It's complex, and it's, and it's um, basically put in language that folks just don't understand. Um, yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's uh, – man, that's got to be frustrating, and I, I can understand why uh, – well, it, now you understand why I fight for veterans. I, it's I certainly because do. Because they have a long road in order to get the benefits that they should, in fact, be receiving because they deserve it. These are the people who have fought for our country, fought for us, fought for the our freedom. Uh, and it's the reason that we enjoy our standard of living today. Uh, you know, they fought for print. American principles. That's what the country's all about. And these are the folks who have guaranteed it to us um, in ways that nobody else has. And, you know, like I said, Congress has promised and promised and promised that we're going to take care of our veterans and we're going to do this and that for them. But the bottom line is when it comes right down to it, they do a poor job of, of really uh, taking care of our veterans, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this asset test and this income test seem like it's almost designed for uh, for you to fail. On, that's exactly on, on it is designed yeah. for you to fail, and yeah. that's that's the that's, sad truth. That's upsetting. Uh, a quick break and back. We'll continue our conversation on asset protection today with Attorney Bill Alexander right here on News Radio six eighty WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good morning to you. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander. And uh, a reminder you can find more information about him at WGALaw.com. You can also find him tomorrow morning uh, with Money Secrets on the CW22. And that's uh, every Sunday morning at 8 30. Mm-hmm. Bill, a Absolutely. Good, good way for people to learn some. Uh, money management tips from you. Absolutely. Well, I thought that I would talk a little bit about annuities. Okay. Uh, You know, asset protection is about keeping what you've got. You know, it's protecting what you've got so that other folks can't take it away from you. But there are two pieces to um, asset protection that are intertwined. Uh, One are uh, the ways that you go about you know, protecting yourself from creditors and predators, and that can be legal, it can be insurance, uh, that is liability insurance, uh, which can be so important. Um, uh, it, it can be legal techniques using corporations, limited liability companies, uh, and the like. And so there are, um, and the fact of the matter is, is that there are so many people, financial folks, that push annuities on the public. You know, if if you're, you know, getting towards being a senior, whatever that means anymore, um, somebody has talked to you about purchasing annuities. And people, um, they're, they're, they are fine print 
contracts. And so people need to at least understand the basics of annuities and where it might help them uh, or not. Okay. And so uh, there are um, three basic kinds of annuities, and they're very different in terms of what they do. Uh, One's a fixed annuity, which is, uh, and assuming that you purchase it from a a good company, you know, it's sort of like life insurance. You want to buy your, an insurance product from a, a highly rated company, no matter what you do. And fixed annuities have their place, uh, particularly um, in some areas because uh, uh, they can be helpful in terms of getting Medicaid or VA benefits and things like that. But they're not great investments. You basically will get your money back over a period of, of time. Uh, it's sort of like having a CD, mm-hmm. okay, uh, but there's strings attached, and and so with a CD, you can go into the bank, cancel your CD, and get all your money back. Mm, not true with a fixed annuity, particularly if it's an immediate annuity. That means it's paying an annuitized stream of money um, uh, uh, when you annuitize. So you once you annuitize, you can't go back and say, no, give, give me all my money back. You can't do that. And there are other strings attached because... If the annuity company or the insurance company doesn't have your money long enough, which is typically 10 years or more, uh, then they generally penalize. It's not just a matter of giving you your money back. They take a penalty on it because uh, they're going to make their money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a fixed annuity in terms of an investment is sort of like a CD in terms of it doesn't pay a whole lot as it relates to that. But it still has its place in terms of being able to help certain people at certain times. The next type of annuity is an indexed annuity. And so that typically is uh, an investment where your money is tied to a certain index. Like it could be an S&P index. It could be uh, the Dow Jones index. It could. There are tons of different indexes, and the trick is some of the indexes are a whole lot better than other indexes. Mm-hmm. Some are safer than others. Some grow better than others. So it's a matter of what index are you using. That's really important. Most of your indexed annuities have guarantees with them, so you cannot lose money even if the index goes down. You know, those are types of options that you can have with indexed annuities that are very, very good. So for the folks where an annuity is an appropriate investment, it typically is going to be in an indexed annuity of some kind. But even among indexed annuities, there are some that are far, far better than other annuities. Okay. So what other kind of annuities are out there? Well, there's what's called a variable annuity. And uh, uh, now, variable annuities tend to have higher fees and risk, a lot of risk. And so variable annuities, you can lose your money just like it, you can gain. So mm-hmm. typically, it doesn't come with guarantees that you won't lose money. Well, Guess what? Most people are purchasing annuities for what purpose? So they won't lose their nest egg. (laughs) Okay. 
And, of course, so you have to be very, very careful to understand what you're buying, if, particularly if it's a variable annuity as opposed to an indexed annuity. Very, very different structures mm-hmm. in terms of how it works. And so uh, now, in, uh, you, then you have uh, a way the annuity works. So you have an immediate annuity, so that means that it – you pay your money, and it immediately annuitizes. It immediately pays you an income stream for a period of time. And that period of time can be a period of months, years, or your lifetime. So, uh, there, are, um, so there are places for that. Now, then other annuities, typically when you purchase an annuity, the whole purpose is so that it can accumulate. So most annuities have two periods of time inside that contract. They have the accumulation period, and then most annuities, but not all, force you to annuitize at some point. So in other words, they're basically investing your money for you for a period of time, and then the whole purpose is to pay it back to you over a uh, generally monthly payment. So Mm It's the kind of thing where a lot of folks will use that kind of investment to create a pension or something similar to a pension for them, for themselves. Um, and you can do that. You can, you can contract so it's payable for your, your entire lifetime or your lifetime and your spouse's lifetime. Uh, so there are a lot of different ways to do it. But but the main thing is people need to understand that there's an accumulation period, and that's where the guarantees are that you will make money, you're not going to lose money, and if it's indexed, then it will go up, and there are lock-ins and all sorts of other features that vary from one annuity to the next. And then there's the annuitization, where they pay your money back to you typically over a long period of time uh, in monthly installments. And... Now, here again, it's most annuities. The investor gets a pretty good deal during the accumulation period, and the insurance company gets the better of you during the annuitization period. In other words, when they start paying your money back, they generally don't pay you a lot of income or interest or dividends or whatever you want to call it after they uh, start paying your, your money back. That's where they make their money. <laughs> so now, like I said, uh, these are just sort of general rules as it relates to annuities. But most folks don't know this much about annuities. They only know what the salesman is, is talking to them about. And it's really important for folks to understand the differences so they'll know what might be appropriate for them. Um, you know, typically folks who go to seminars where they're fed steak dinners and things like that, uh, and folks know this, uh, typically there's a sales pitch involved, and typically it's they're being uh, asked to consider one particularly one particular type of annuity. And of course, the seminar will be about how wonderful that particular annuity is. And it might be, and it might not be. I'm just saying, buyer beware, be very cautious. Um, people know this, but at the same time, it's it can sound pretty good. 
but it really it's the devil's in the details the devil's in what can happen what your needs are and you know because i deal so much with long-term care and government benefits there you have to understand most annuities do not work with government benefits very well so oftentimes an annuity investment will be a countable resource to where it will where you will not be eligible for VA benefits or for Medicaid. So it's the kind of thing and and so who's caught in the middle? And it's well and this is interesting to understand. Do you think most seniors have long-term care insurance? Uh, no. Correct. They don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, very few have long-term care insurance. Okay. So Let's say that you don't have long-term care insurance and you have a modest nest egg. You, you, know, you have your Social Security, maybe even have a little pension, and you've got a couple hundred thousand dollar nest egg. Uh, that's your savings that you can dip into. Uh, should you invest in, in an annuity? You certainly don't want to lose that money. Well, that's a gamble. Because And so the question is, if you've done it early enough, if you bought it in your 60s, where you've gotten through the penalty period of the annuity, then the answer is that might be okay, assuming that your health holds out. But should you buy, should that same couple buy an annuity when they're 75 or 80? And the answer is probably not. They, they need to look at other alternative investments that are relatively safe because the annuity might actually keep them from getting the benefits they need. And the problem is this. Over half of us will need a significant long-term care. We'll all have long-term care needs where we got to pay out a bunch of money to pay for the care we need. You know, our, our spouse and our children can't take care of everything, right. <laughs> you know. And so if our nest egg is relatively small and we don't have long-term care insurance, then we're in a uh, – and guess, guess what? Those are the very folks that a lot of folks will go to in terms of trying to sell um, uh, a – an, an annuity product, you know, because these folks, they own their home and they have a, a, a nest egg that if nothing bad happens to it should be enough to get them through. Um, but, you know, if they have a long-term care crisis, then the annuity is typically a negative asset. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a tough situation. Something that you got to keep in mind before you, Go ahead and get an annuity. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. And you can find more online at WGALaw.com. And Bill, uh, you know, before we wrap up our discussion on annuities, you you had a, a uh, something else that you wanted to say. Well, I, I want people to know I'm not against annuities. I mean, a lot of folks. Uh, uh, I mean, it's. I mean, you could take my comments and say, well, he's anti-annuity, and I. The the thing about it is, for me, 
the folks that annuities are appropriate for, it's a smaller group than what most annuity salesmen think. And so I think annuities have their place. They can be wonderful if, if you're the right candidate. And the problem is is that most people don't take the perspective I do in terms of asset protection and how uh, these kind of things can actually benefit you. For those folks that, uh, uh, that can be benefited by them and, and there's no or very little risk that it will harm you, I'm all for it. But at the same time, it's uh, my – uh, my group of appropriate candidates for annuities is much smaller than than what most uh, people who push annuities believe. Right. Yeah, that's important to keep in mind. We'll be back to wrap up the show in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Bill, we're uh, we're about out of time, but there's enough time to remind everyone that they can go online to wgalaw.com, and they can always get a hold of you and find more information, especially if they wanted to catch one of your seminars and learn more about the uh, the veterans' well, VA benefits. That's a good truthfully, chance. Truthfully, if, if folks uh, would like to come in and see us and have a consultation about their documents or what we can do to help them with planning or asset protection we would certainly appreciate them calling us and we would love to see them excellent excellent a great chance again uh, wgalaw.com is the website we are out of time thank you so much for listening we really appreciate uh everyone spending some time with us and learning how to protect their assets bill's uh, golden nuggets of advice are always good and we hope you'll join us again next saturday at 11 right here on asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on news radio 680 wptf